honoring the instructions of hope. However, I want to remind you that we already went over, and I would encourage you, if you haven't heard the prior teachings, the first one is planning in faith for our address change. There's no reason not to plan our funerals, because that's just going to be a transition. And actually, when we take our next breath after this life, we enter into the most amazing place, even better than here. And then, the second one was final words with our loved ones. I want to say this before I start. I have personally um, talked with people on their deathbeds, if, if you will, on this side of heaven. I have showed them pictures. I think I did this with Bill Yoakum before he passed. He and I were talking. I said, my faith comes from my grandfather, and I was telling him about him, mentioning Ray Lynch and um, Troby Lynch. I never met my grandmother. Showed him a picture. I said, hey, do me a favor. I know you're going to be really busy in heaven, but if you come across Ray or Troby Lynch in heaven, will you please tell them about me? Because... I wasn't living this life, and they, I know they're not going to pass out in heaven, but they might be a little bit floored that now I have three daughters, and I'm a pastor of a church that you actually built all this amazing furniture in. And so he said, you know, I'll look for them. So why would you not, if they're going to, if I was talking to Darissa and she's going to meet up in Hawaii with a bunch of people that I may have known in the past, I would tell Darissa, Darissa, please tell them I said hi. I miss them. I want you to tell them that what's going on with me a little bit. And so that's living in faith, is it not? It's having conversations of faith in the next step of our journey of all eternity, not just this life. And so... I encourage you, if you have a loved one that's about to pass, or you know somebody that's about to pass, and somebody's already there, tell them, hey, go tell Grandpa, go tell Grandma, go talk to them. You know they will. They have the seconds. We live by seconds and minutes here. That's eternity there. It feels like forever for a year to pass sometimes. If you have little children, a day feels like forever. So, um, live out your faith. Talk with those who are about to pass. All right. We have no reason to avoid our final arrangements and planning of this side of heaven with our loved ones. Actually, I say to you, if you avoid talking about them with your family and your friends, you're keeping a testimony of God's eternal hope in your own life to yourself. It's not what we're called to do. But, but we're called to share our hope with others. Plan your final celebrations of life with hope so that when it comes time for those to remember you, they will be glorified. You will have them glorify the kingdom, even those who grieve your loss. Planning before makes it easier on those carrying out the instructions. Which brings me to following the instructions today and our teaching today. Talking about it with loved ones, they are the ones who will be honoring you. So if you have these conversations, it will make it easier for them to do what you want. If you don't talk to them, I've always told you in this series, there's always two choices. You can talk to them and they can carry it out. If you don't talk to them, they're going to struggle. So, I made sure to talk, as you all know, my grandfather... 
who said he prayed every night, but didn't live out a strong um, faith, said he didn't want anything. So, for months before, even though I had walked him down this path of um, planning out what would happen after he passed, he said he didn't want anything. And that's what I was told a few months before he passed. I prayed on it. I thought about it. And the last time I talked to him, and he was still coherent, I said, Grandpa, I know you don't want a funeral. You don't want it to be sad. I get it. Your His thoughts and his feelings were, if they don't come to see me when I'm alive, why should they get anything after I'm gone? And I said, Grandpa, you don't want them to remember you, or you don't want a sad service? And he said, I don't want a sad service, son. And I said, Grandpa, that's great. I don't want to give you a sad service. I would love a celebration of life. And he said, really, what's that? I said, that's where we get together. You know, all those exchange club people. You know how we went to Bald Park every summer when I was young. And we'd sit around and talk about the good times with you. And he said, son, you can do that. Nobody else was around, right? Just me and him having this conversation. He said, if you want to do that, I won't be there. But yeah, you can do that. And I said, okay. I made it, be, I made it known later on in the days ahead with the family, that they wouldn't have to participate. But I would carry that forward. It wasn't one of his last wishes, but he allowed me to do it. And without a conversation, I wouldn't have done it because I would have wanted to honor his wishes of nothing. However, I know as a mental health therapist and as a pastor, it's, it's helpful to mourn. And so when we're mourning, it allows others to come alongside us and share stories. That's what it does whenever... I feel sorry for the next generation to tell you the truth. What are they going to pull up a phone and see millions of pictures? It's helpful to pull out picture books after somebody passes. And as you start to talk with your siblings or you start to talk with aunts and uncles... You go through and you remember, and it's pretty euphoric. It's helpful to process. Not only that, whenever you're with those who come and mourn with you at a celebration of life or a funeral, they have other stories that you've never heard, which is also helpful in that way. But our hope and our faith comes from, we read the passage earlier from John 11, Where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live on forever. Amen? Matthew 22, 31 through 32. I have that one here. If you want to pull over, put that in, pull up that verse. Jesus was being tested in this way by um, some of the elders of the synagogue. And he says in Matthew twenty-two thirty-one through 32, he points to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you by God? This is Moses, right? I am the God of Abraham, the God of 
Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Our own Messiah who conquered death points to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob being alive. I can't help but think that my grandfather Ray and my grandmother Troby, they're much more alive in heaven and doing things there and worshiping the Lord. And I struggle with day to day here. But when I get up there, it's going to be like a twinkling in the eye for them. I, If I were to have passed earlier and I have a cousin that did at the age of 22, I can't help but think my grandpa might kick my butt if I died earlier. And I think when Nate got up there... My grandpa Ray kicked him right in the butt and said, What are you doing here so early, boy? You had a full life to live, but you chose a motorcycle over that. That's tough. But at the same time, I have faith. They're in the same place because of our faith and the resurrection of Christ. All right. Well, we've been following along with Jacob. We've been following along with Joseph. So turn with me to Genesis 49, if you will. Now, if you recall, Jacob drew all of his sons close to him. And he already had told them several times where he wanted to be buried. And so we're going to follow the same passage here. Genesis 49, through 50. It says, when Jacob finished charging his sons, he drew his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. Now, this is about the family carrying out what's already set with the guidelines. Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. Yep, did the same thing not too long ago for my grandfather. Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. For forty days were required for it, for such is the period required for embalming. And the Egyptians wept for him seventy days. Wow, seventy days. Interesting enough. Just so you all know, the mental health diagnosis, if somebody weeps and mourns for somebody longer than thirty days, they must have depression not what the Word of God says. They did it for at least 70. When the days of mourning for him were past, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your sight, please speak to Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Behold, I am about to die in my grave, which I dug for myself in the land of Canaan. There you shall bury me. Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father. Then I will return. Hmm. I can't help but think in the Exodus where Pharaoh didn't allow them to go up. It would have turned out much better in this way. So Pharaoh said, Go up and bury your father as he made you swear. So Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt. And all the household of Joseph and his brothers, and his father's household, they left only their little ones and their flocks and their herds and their land in the land of Goshen. There also went up with him both chariots and horsemen, and it was very great company. (coughs) 
when they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond the Jordan, they lamented there with a very great and sorrowful lamentation. And he observed seven days mourning for his father. Now when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning at the threshing floor of Atad, they said, This is a grievous mourning for the Egyptians. Therefore it was named Abel Mizraim, which is beyond the Jordan. Thus the sons did for him as he had charged them. For his sons carried him to the land of Canaan and carried him in the cave of the field of Mechbalah before Mamre, which Abraham had bought along with the field for a burial site for Ephraim, the Hittite. After he had buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt, and he and his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. They did exactly what his father had asked. It was already laid out. In the same way, in Exodus thirteen nineteen, it says, because Joseph charged them to take his bones out of Egypt. And they did exactly that when God brought the Israelites out and was going to carry them into the promised land. Exodus thirteen nineteen says, they honored Joseph's wishes. As Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you shall carry my bones from here with you. There were guidelines. There were instructions already made for those who knew death was seeking them or was right around the corner. As I said earlier um, in this series, and I was talking to Kara, we've been very blessed in this congregation not to have young people pass away. I know we've had Braden Burge pass away, way too young, and yet our couples, we haven't had that happen. We've had people deal with cancer and God allowed them to be healed, which is a blessing. But what's to say we're going to go through the next 10 years without a family member passing away in this congregation? There isn't anything. You have to prepare in that way so that way your family can continue to live in such a way that you would like them to. We have to prepare our instructions. Talk with your spouses. These are not easy conversations. I think sometimes Kara feels a little bit awkward whenever that happens. But it's so much easier on this side of heaven if your loved ones don't have to plan it all out for you. Because there's hope, is there not? There is. And every even when I went back to Oklahoma just a few years ago for my uncle's funeral, the pastor there was leading the funeral, but at the graveside he asked me to speak. And I thought to myself, there's only one passage that I know what I want to speak on. I don't want to preach, but I want to speak on this. Because at the graveside, at the place where you're buried, no matter whether you've chosen to be cremated or buried according to certain um, things, there is hope in that place because it is a holy spot where you will be reunited. Your body will resurrect from that point to be with your spirit, with Jesus in the sky. For it says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, 
We do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Amen. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. You see, that's a comfort to us who know Christ. That is a comfort to us who believe and put our faith and we walk in His ways. Absent from heaven is to be present in our bodies, but to be absent in bodies is to be present in the Lord. Talk with your families. I, I keep saying this day after day and week after week. My mom, I, I borrowed this as an example from Leah. She made it a Bible study this week. My mom has a case like this. It's, it's a lot bigger. It's black, but it's in my safe. It has everything laid out. So, she has all kinds of things for me. Like I said before, I'm instructed in this case to go to Costco.com and buy her casket, which she's already picked out. She has CDs with the songs already on them that she once played. She has the instructions for the funeral arrangement that she wants. And she wants me to speak there as well, along with her pastor. There's nothing that's undone when my mom goes. She already has the place where she's going to be buried at Green Lawn, up by her mother. I don't have to worry about that. When she goes, all I have to do is grieve and follow these simple instructions and these guidelines that she's already laid out. I know there's some little notes in there that she has for me that I haven't looked at yet that will be meaningful at that time as well. We want that to be a peace that surrounds us during that process. And it can be. Because again, if you don't have this all arranged, you're going to sit on this side and you're going to talk with your siblings if you have them. If you don't, I do know people that don't and have had to deal with their parents' bodies. And if they're remarried, because they chose to get remarried, they're going to have to struggle with that other person that they've been married to. And sometimes that's not pleasant. And so, if you don't have these arrangements in place, it's not going to make it simple. It can make it very difficult. But again, conversations should happen whether they're a believer or not a believer because they're going to die. And at that point, when you're having those conversations, you can bring your faith into practice and talk about the hope that you have because that's what we hope for. We hope that they will meet us in heaven for all eternity. Amen. I have also shared with you that I have chosen certain um, songs. I found one this week. I was like, which one would be really good? It's new. Um, 
And then I came across one this week. It's about death. We don't, when we die, there's no reason to fear it. And so it's called, It Is Not Death to Die to Us. So, it's by Sovereign Grace Music. Let me play it for you. So to us, it's not death to die. It's to go to live in eternal peace with Yeshua HaMashiach. We have that hope. If it's hard to have a conversation with your parents, 
I've told you before, I recommend the book Nearing Home by Billy Graham. Last week, Jen posted on the Facebook website a workbook. It's called It's Between You and Me by Allie Davidson. It's another tool that you might be able to use so you can have that conversation with your parents, with your grandparents, and also know and bring this hope of salvation into that conversation. Because if they already have that hope, there's no reason to avoid that conversation. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we 